Hey, this is Ben Penrod. Uh, and uh, listen to us talk about uh, Des Moines Con, Twin Cities Con, cons in general, a little bit of professional wrestling and, and uh, other stuff like that. And uh, I forget the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take over from here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Ice Cream Sunday Podcast with Ben Penrod. Thanks, guys. So I usually don't uh, kiss the ass of our guests uh, <laughs> quite, quite so quickly into the episode, but um, I realize that we don't know each other on a personal level, but I feel like you played a big role in changing our lives for the better. Uh, we, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I think we had a moderately successful podcast prior to the first week of June 2023, but everything post Des Moines con it has just been it's been all uphill since um so that opportunity to be able to have a booth there to meet new people um and to meet our people um to meet you know professional wrestling fans and anime fans and uh, power rangers fans and just people of the nerd culture and, and to get our faces in front of them, our business cards in their hands, our voices in their ears has been like a, a truly life changing experience. And I don't think we've ever gotten, we would have ever gotten uh, an experience like we did at Des Moines con meeting up with some of the guests that were there, like Ming Chen, uh, Kevin Nash, yep. uh, Ross Marquand, Ross Marquand. Yep. Yeah. So right off the bat, I just wanted to thank you, Ben, for the opportunity to to have us there um, in our, you know, on, in our hometown, our new hometown uh, of Des Moines. Not new. We've all been here for many, many years, but <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't born in Des Moines. That's what I was trying to say. But um, so thank you very much, because uh, what you and, and the whole Nerd Street family um, and, and Des Moines Con uh, did for us in a direct and indirect way has been I mean, bigger and better than we ever could have expected. Oh, dude, that's great. That's uh, I, re- I really appreciate you saying that. It means a lot to me. And, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of the overall purpose of the show, right? Like is to bring people together and, and kind of, you know, help build these relationships uh, on a, on a grand scale, you know, like, like, but, but I, I want, you know, that's what I want people getting out of the, out of these cons is to, you know, build community, make friends. Um, if you're just there to, you know, meet some celebrities or to, you know, shop with some of the artists or whatever, and, you, and that's all you care about, that's fine too. Like, you know, there's room for everybody, but, but that's what I really want people to get out of these shows is to have, uh, build community. Um, I want to personally thank you because... Up until uh, Des Moines Con, I've had I've been really biased about our guests, and I've made no secret as to who our guests were. Um, uh, Zach McIntosh, who is a repeat guest now, um, he he's always been my favorite because he's such a fascinating person. And um, if it wasn't for Des Moines Con, we would have never met Bossy, who. Um, an incredibly talented uh artist uh that right, we right met. here in the area even. yeah yeah that we met and and after we did an episode with him and he went into his graphic novel his story his plans for for the future of what he wants to accomplish i have to say hands down he's been my favorite guest and it it was thanks to you that we got that that's awesome. Who who was that again? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you for a second. There. His name is Bossy. He uh, he runs. He's the owner and chief writer of Sensel Studios, which is the first oh, cool. uh, yeah. black comic book uh, 
production company in the state of Iowa. And he's just, he's fascinating. He has. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I read an article about him a few months ago. Yeah. Also, yeah. So I was really happy to have him at the con for sure. He's fantastic. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to tell you about, um, again, kissing your ass, thanking you. Oh, so much <laughs> on a personal level outside of the podcast. So, uh, I, we've told this story multiple times now on the podcast, but we haven't told it to you. And I think you'll get a kick out of it. Saturday, we have an incredible day, right? We were there to, to set up our podcast equipment and to meet new people. And all that we were going to do, the, the main goal was to record a live podcast at our booth, have people walk by and, um, you know, say hello, have their voices as patrons of the, the con on our show. Uh, Getting getting close to the end of the day, we decided to go through, you know, kind of celebrity row where they're doing autographs and meet and greets. And all we were going to do was hand out our business cards and ask the celebrities, hey, we would love for you to check out our show if you have an opportunity. Well, one of those people was Ming Chen. And we walk up to Ming. We have our T-shirts on. We're wearing matching T-shirts. And they both say Ice Cream Sunday. So, of course, he's like, Ice Cream Sunday in the house. And I was like... Cool of you to notice. Let me tell you what that is. Explain that we have a podcast. Explain that we have a booth just down the aisle from him. And he he's like, do you have your equipment there? And we say, yes, we do. And he says, let's do it. And I was like, right now? And he goes, no time like the present. So we go and we record a 30-minute interview with him. So riding high on that, we come back. I edit the podcast in Trevor's apartment um in Waukee, suburb of Des Moines, and we celebrate with uh, an alcoholic drink called Sunny D vodka seltzers, okay? <laughs> At the time, these vodka seltzers have only been out about 3 weeks, okay? So keep that in mind. No one really knows about them. Um they're not very popular yet at this point. The next day, we get back to Des Moines Con for day 2. A man walks by, tall man, probably about 6263, comes by, he has a backwards uh, baseball cap on and a bright orange Sunny D vodka seltzer t-shirt. And I'm I, I pull him pull him out of the the crowd and I say, hey, you come here. I want to take a picture with you and I'll talk to you. How do you know about Sunny D vodka seltzers? And second, how do you have a T-shirt? Like I said, they've only been out for about three weeks. He explains who he is. His name is Joe Foster and he works for one of the largest uh wine and spirits wholesalers in the country. Oh, He's the awesome. vi vice president of sales here in the state of Iowa. OK, less than 48 hours later, I'm at work. And for whatever reason, I decide I'm not having as much fun at this job as I am like with the podcast, like my day job, which it, it never does. But my day job should match the fun level, the energy level that my my hobby does. Right. So riding high off of Des Moines Con, I, I, I'm looking for something that that matches that energy of how much fun I had that weekend. And I and uh I messaged Joe, who I just met two days earlier, and I say, hey, you seem to have this great joy and this great passion for your job. Uh, I have years of sales experience. Would there be any opportunity to come work for your company? And he's like, in a sales position, not right now, but I do have this other position that we really need right now. It would get your foot in the door. And I was like, sold right away. And a week later, I started a completely new career. And it's all because of the connections that I built that's, at Des Moines Con. Whoa, that's crazy, man. That's awesome. <laughs> well, congrats on your new job. I hope it's going really well. Yeah. Um, he hasn't gotten fired yet. I haven't gotten fired yet. So we're, <laughs> yeah. we're doing well. Yeah. We're doing well. Breaking <laughs> records. Yeah. yeah. I was the crazy person that decided to submit that application for the booth. And I think I sent Austin in a, into a full panic mode when I was like, hey, um, so I know this is in a few weeks, but uh, we got in. <laughs> and uh, was, We thought she was lying, too. <laughs> like, we thought it was just some joke, some cruel, just like, hey, we know it's in town, but but no, it, it, it was legitimate, and it was all for the better. We try to stay very... Um very humble. It, like, <laughs> we try to stay very humble uh, behind the scenes. O outwardly, we call ourselves the beautiful boys. We call ourselves like God's greatest podcast. Like it's the pod fathers. The pod fathers. We, we give ourselves all these nicknames and we try to be bigger than we actually are. But behind the scenes, try to stay very humble. So mm -hmm. 
getting submitting that application, being accepted to have a booth at Des Moines Con, and then um, to see our name up on the website as exhibitors, it just it was this crazy mind blowing experience. Especially for a guy like me, these two have obviously been to conventions all over the Midwest. I've never even been to a convention as a patron. Um, so that was my first time at a convention, period. And I am there as an exhibitor. Um, it was overwhelming and, and and so much fun. But enough about us. I want to talk about your history and your experiences with conventions. Long yeah. before you got into, um, you know, the production of conventions, what was your first experience attending a, a convention as a patron? Yeah, so uh, kind of much like you, I... Um... I never really uh, just attended conventions as a as a patron. I um, as, a, as like an attendee. I uh, I don't know for whatever. I mean, I've always been kind of in the nerd community. I used to work at a comic shop, and and those like my comic shop friends have been my friends forever. And I've uh, you know I um, sold comics on eBay and stuff like that. But I started attending conventions as uh, an exhibitor. I used to sell comics. And so I would buy and sell collections. And um, that's kind of how I got into uh, conventions. So I would, you know, I would just exhibit and sell my comic books. And uh, I did that all up and down the East Coast. I I, um, sort of had a booth in San Diego, (laughs) which I still have. Uh, And so I, I was doing that and I don't know. I was kind of just breaking even on it. It was more of an excuse to kind of get out of the house, you know? And, and, uh, I started my own convention in Annapolis, Maryland as, uh, um, really cause there was somebody else who said they were going to start one in, in that town. And I had been talking about it with a, a friend of mine who owns a comic book store, a third eye comics. They're like a huge chain now, but back we, we both kind of started at the same time and we were, just two guys who loved comics a lot and he started a comic shop and I was, uh, selling comics at conventions. And then, and then, uh, we started the con together in, in Maryland. And, um, really, like, like I said, there was another guy who was, who was, uh, said he was going to start a con in Annapolis. And I was like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want this guy to start a con. He's not like, like he was kind of, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of faith in his ability to actually like run a show that would be good. So, <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I'll do it. And, and that kind of led to uh, starting a con. I really, basically I ran that con. I really liked it. Uh, I thought I was like, Oh, wow. I'm way better at running conventions than, you know, exhibiting at conventions. Like that's, there's a button much better. Uh, this is a much more suited to this. And then I, I started a con in uh, Washington, D.C., which grew very rapidly. It was like 7,000 people the first year and then 30,000 people the next year. It was crazy. Ooh. And um, and now it's uh, it's called Awesome Con. And that's, you know, I think 60 or 70,000 people this year. And just, uh, you know, one of the largest cons in the country. But that's kind of how I got into it. But, but I, I never really uh attended cons just as a fan uh until i was already you know had been uh exhibiting at cons and obviously you know i'd set up a i'd set up my comics and to sell at cons and i'd go walk around and check everything out I, you know i like i still was a fan it's i'm still a fan that's not that has never changed but i never you know uh before that i never really bought tickets and gone to cons before so it's um i've always kind of had that uh, I, I've never really had that perspective of like just doing cons as a fan before. And I, uh, you know, I do attend cons as a fan now, but it's always like, you know, I still catch myself like taking pictures of lines and uh, taking pictures of signage and, <laughs> and, and seeing, you know, kind of seeing things from a con promoter POV as opposed to a, a fan POV sometimes. So uh, I kind of have a multi-layered question for you. Um, as far as guests go, you you talk about how uh, your your cons have grown. Um, you said DC had seven thousand, then thirty thousand. Um, what goes into the uh, decision making of who you have as celebrity guests, 
And how do you just kind of handle being around that type of um, environment and not (laughs) lose your mind? The first part of that is, well, I'll answer the second part first, is that, you know, when you're when you're working with people in a professional capacity, uh, you know, it's not just like like, well, professionalism is very important, obviously, but also, you know, when you're essentially, you know, they're 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 coming in, they're kind of in a professional capacity. I'm in a professional capacity. It's not the same type of relationship, you know, even if I am a fan of somebody, which, you know, typically if I'm booking a celebrity i'm a fan of you know their work in some in some aspect you know uh but even if i'm a huge fan of somebody it's like you know well I, you know i've kind of you know i've booked them for this event so um it's a different kind of relationship and you don't really for me at least i don't really kind of geek out in that sense because you know i'm more worried about like okay did they get to their flight on time did they you know did our did the car service pick them up on time? You know, I'm, I'm worried about those types of things and, and not so much like, Oh, this is, you know, this, you know, I, I need to ask you all these questions about the, the TV show you were on or whatever. Right. It's like compart- compartmentalizing the fan yeah. girling that, it, that would be yeah, nice to very do. Much, and, it, 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 and it's work and it's not, yeah. uh, not that it isn't cool and fun, which it very much is cool and fun, but it's also like extremely stressful. Like, the uh the first year or two and actually this still happens but the first year was the worst it's like you know i had booked all these celebrities and then it was like it kind of was like shock it was surprising to me that like they all got on the plane and came to my con you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like sure. they all showed up and and so you know i've booked some really really uh, really huge and very famous celebrities over the years. So it's it's a little bit less uh, surprising <laughs> now than it used to be, but it's still a little bit like I, I'll have to stop and stop myself and be like, wow, all these uh, people are coming because I booked them. You know? So that's, <laughs> that's, that's really cool. And then the, um, the other part is kind of like, how do I decide who to book? Uh, a lot of that is going to other cons and just like seeing seeing who people are excited about uh i you know i want to see who what the fans are getting excited about and uh i gotta stay up on tv and, and stuff like that you know we booked uh david uh david mccormick from bluey because bluey is like the biggest thing right now so we're as far as i know we're the only con that's uh at least in the states that's ever or outside of Australia that's ever booked him before. Yeah, I and, I saw that on the list for Twin Cities Con and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to need to add that to my to-do list for that well, weekend." Well, we- he's going to be I, I don't think he and, and um <laughs> I I have a feeling that he's uh he's not quite prepared for how big of a deal he is. Oh, <laughs> it's a big deal. I at yeah. Des Moines Con I got shamed by Troy Baker because I am a mom that has not seen more than one episode of Bluey. <laughs> I was, he was just like, Ugh, and like turned away from me. And I was standing and, at his table. I was like, are you, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and that kind of falls in hand with uh, what else I was saying was like, Troy Baker is obviously the biggest voice actor in the industry right now. And I, me personally like that's one of my dream celebrities that i would have had to meet and i got to meet him and uh it's just i tried to be professional about it because like you said uh you gotta kind of contain yourself and i was also trying to hawk off our little podcast to big old troy baker as as you're trying not to be like, um, uh, like, yeah, because it is that's a huge fangirl moment for you, and it was adorable seeing <laughs> you like that. But then it also was like really kind of cool to have him, like, you know, kind of giving us some jabs and joking around with us, yeah, just and in the on the fly. I never thought I'd actually be in the same room with 
you know, Amy Jo Johnson and David Yost, who's probably two of the biggest people in my childhood. So again, uh, thank you for that. But it's just, it's insane to me that there was such a huge, uh, a huge variety. It wasn't just like video games. It wasn't just voice actors for cartoons. It was, it was, like you got some solid uh professional wrestlers uh you know act- like actors voice actors um anime personalities yeah. An- yeah anime so like i was really impressed with the turnout and i i haven't looked at what twin city con is offering Ooh. and i don't want to because i want to be surprised when we go there <laughs> mm-hmm. so well i will tell you i mean we um i kind of went a little overboard with Twin Cities Con and uh we like we booked too many guests. So it's like <laughs> is there this is the many? most celebrities I've ever booked for a convention before. Oh wow. Um it's we've got uh a ton of voice actors, <clears throat> but we've also got like a like a whole Kevin Smith reunion, uh like most of the casts of clerks and mall rats, including Jason Lee, who does not do a lot of cons. Um, so also I, voice acting legend Jason Lee from you know, that's right, um, under, from Underdog. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I actually did want to note that as well. Um, when we talked to Ming Chen, um, he did tell us that the rest of the crew was going to be uh, at Twin City Con, and that got us excited because we were hoping, hey, we may talk to. Ming and then the rest of the group there as well if he remembers I think he will <laughs> um, because uh, that Sunday night uh, as Des Moines Con wrapped up uh, my wife and I were getting settled into bed when we found out uh, Ross Marquand uh, Ming Chen were at Uptown yeah and so we got to go place and so I'm like I mean that's a cool opportunity Ming said that he he wanted to hang afterwards, and uh, so we went and played some some games. Yeah, <laughs> afterwards with them, but- and we're like, "That's that's such a cool thing." And getting to meet another patron um, from up near the Fort Dodge or Carroll area. Um, so that's another person that's already planning to go to Twin Cities Con that we've connected with and planning to hang out with. And it just yeah, it's the connections that you get to meet at these cons i've done conventions since 2013 i think um so i've been to a good handful not necessarily a ton but i yeah i agree with with trevor i appreciated the variety i'm i i I'm opposite of Trevor. I am excited to see the list of guests and I have been looking and I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, secrets of, of not telling Ming and the crew, but I have not watched any of the clerks movies or anything like that. So I have some binging to do before. Oh, oh yeah. So I will say, you know, the, so the thing about it is um, they, I don't know that they hold up the same. <laughs> I, I, I watched them when I was, so, you know, I watched them when I was, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16 years old. And for like a teenage me, they were the perfect movies. <laughs> uh, they are still pretty good, but definitely, uh, you know, definitely a, a, uh, a product of their time. <laughs> you were just watching and, a clip from Jay's, Jay and Silent Bob. I was yeah. recently I was. and I was like, Oh yeah. But it, that's all I, that's the only thing I know of those movies. It was the, the uh it was the rap from Clerks Two uh that <laughs> that Jason did. Ah uh, yes. Nice. So Des Moines Con this year, twenty twenty three, this was the second Des Moines Con, is that correct? Yes. So why Des Moines to start with in, in la- last year and then how has it grown from the first year to the second year yeah so uh for me i was looking for new places to run conventions uh coming out of the pandemic because i you know there was nothing going on for like a year and a half 
and um, you know, I'm like trying to, you know, get my business back together after not having anything for so long. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at new places and I had, uh, you know, a, a list of cities that I was kind of looking into. And then uh, my friend Jackie, who is uh, one of the agents for some of the celebrities, she lives in Des Moines and um, she was like, you should do Des Moines, you know? And, and I, so I kind of looked into it and there hadn't been anything like that in four or five years. Yeah. Wizard World was here briefly, but. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, so I was thinking like, this would be, this would actually be like a really perfect place to do a con. And, you know, I kind of saw what had come before and they, they were just trying to be such a big show and that, that can kind of work once or twice, but it's, it's really hard to hold on to that momentum. If you, if you come in really big and, um, you know, you, into a place like Des Moines, which isn't like the biggest city in the world. And so, you know, my idea was to come in a little bit smaller and let the fans dictate when we grow. So the first year was like amazing. Like the the first year we did, I don't know if you guys were at the con the first year, but it was such a good vibe. Everybody was just having a great time. It, It was, it was very, very good. And then, um, so we were like, okay, we can go a little bit bigger for the next year. So in 2023, we were a little bit bigger. And, um, you know, that went that went great also. So we'll probably do a little bit more next year. And we'll just keep kind of letting the fans tell us when we need to grow. Or, you know, if uh, if things are good the size they are, we'll, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that too. I wanted to speak to the good vibes of Des Moines Con. Because, like I said, this was our first, this was my personal first convention ever as a patron or an exhibitor. And then as the Ice Cream Sunday podcast, it was our first convention, our first really public outing at all. Selling merchandise, meeting people face to face. It was our first time out of Trevor and Heather's apartment. <laughs> so we we get there on Friday night to initially set up. And I'm thinking... I'm going to walk up and it's going to be super awkward. I'm going to be like, hi, I'm Austin. I'm with the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. I think this is our booth number. Just very like nervous and timid. And I happen to be wearing an Ice Cream Sunday t-shirt. So that probably helped. But still, um, to walk up to the check-in table and for Katie to take one look at us and be like, holy shit, Ice Cream Sunday podcast and know who we are. And tell us like, hey, I love the things that you're doing on on social media. Like you guys see hundreds, if not thousands of exhibitors every year, big celebrities. And then for you guys to to take the time um, to be like, hey, we've seen your social media. It's super cool. It's awesome that you're here. Very excited to have you. Just made us feel really welcome, especially with it being our first show. so yeah, nothing nothing but good vibes from the minute we stepped into Hivey Hall. And it definitely stroked our egos too coming out of that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, if you guys were posting a lot on social media, I mean Katie is the one who would have seen that. So that's for sure, yeah. You guys were you guys you guys just you guys found the right person. So <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's good though. But yeah, I um I think I remember seeing some of your stuff also. I'm uh you know, I'm not as active on you know on all of uh, you know, seeing all of our our tags and and mentions and things like that as uh, as Katie is, but um, but I think I still saw some of it. No worries. Yeah, yeah you're was... doing you're doing so much behind the scenes work. Like I I know you can't always have your hands in all the pots, but man, even to have that little bit of I don't know notoriety to us, feeling a little bit out there was pretty cool. And I will say, I am very bummed I didn't go to Des Moines Con the first year. Because uh, Will, I can't remember his name, uh, yeah, his I, last name. All I can think of is Eric. And I'm like, that's not that's not his name. But uh, he was there the first uh, year. Friedel. Friedel. I thought oh, that Will was. Friedel, yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, I really wish I could have been there for that. Because between his voice acting and his 
his Fine, of course. Right. I, I don't want to do it too loud because otherwise Austin's going to have to edit yeah. all that crazy. But yeah, Will's, <laughs> Will's great. He's he's someone that we've booked uh, a number of times. I think he was at the first. He was our first at the first year of um, of Twin Cities Con. Also, oh, that's so cool. I know it's like asking like who your favorite child is, <laughs> but <laughs> there's obviously there's guests that you've booked multiple times. Is there someone? Um, whether it be an exhibitor at a particular convention or a celebrity guest, is there someone that you're always just really excited to see specifically? There's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of guests and there's guests that we book over and over too, that just because they're cool. Um, you know, Ming, you were guys are talking about Ming. I love Ming so much. Ming is one of the coolest, most down to earth guys in the world. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and to uh, kind of, um, uh, go off of your story that you told earlier, like Ming, I, I had uh, tried for a long time to record a podcast and I might still record it at some point, but um, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I set aside some time to do it. And then it, and then I just never was able to actually uh, really make that. And something came up. I don't know. Anyway, but you know uh, I was about to start doing it and Ming like let me interview him for like, you know, 30, 45 minutes. This is a long time ago. I, I didn't know him as well then as I do now. And, you know, that really meant a lot to me because he was like, you know, he, he was really generous with his time and it gave me a lot of advice. And, um, you know, that's the, it was still good advice, even though I didn't do the, uh, it didn't end up starting that podcast. Like I thought I was, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's a really bright, he's a really bright person. He really smart and understands, um, you know, what, what he's doing and, and his, uh, and all of the stuff he's got going on and all the pots he's got his hands in. Um, and, and he's just, uh, very good at, at, uh, you know, marketing himself, but also, uh, you know, just kind of making things, making all the different things work that he's working on. Two things about, Ming Chen, um, just speaking to his generosity. Um, the first thing is just how generous he was with his time. Just like you said, I mean, we thought when he was came to, to talk to us, we were like, all right, we're going to get like a good five minutes, pull him away from his, his booth. And, uh, he probably uh, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, just very generous with his time. And I was like, are you sure you want to be away from your booth for this long? And he's like, if someone really wants an autograph or wants to come talk to me, like they'll come find me at your booth. So, um, he was, <laughs> he was just so much fun and, and so nice and gave us a bunch of tips. Um, gave us a bunch of compliments on the, the gear that we were using for our podcast, gave us a lot of tips about editing. And, and I talked shop with him for a while. And then, Another thing that I, I I picked up from Ming is we go to these Des Moines podcaster meetings and there's a podcast in particular. It's called Too Many Words, and I I've wanted to to help them out and 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 start growing them. And um, one of their hosts, Isaac, was just like, "You guys seem to have a much larger audience than us. Um, you guys have been doing this longer than us. Why do why do you care about like our dumb little show and I think I got I think I got that from Ming Chen. It was like, here's a guy who is legitimate royalty at conventions. Seems like everyone knows who he is. He's he is a king, if not the king of the nerds. And he had time for us when this was our very first convention. So like, who am I to not give my time to other podcasters or other people that might be looking for assistance or, um, you know, our whole thing since day one has been homies helping homies. Um, and, and and that's grown into like podcasters helping podcasters. And it's like, it seemed like Ming Chen had the same mentality that it's just like, why, why wouldn't I come talk to you guys? Like you're here, you have your equipment. Um, you seem excited to talk to me. I'm excited to talk to you. And like that, that attitude and that mentality, um, that just that lends itself to the the overall good vibes of Des Moines Con and and one small piece of why that weekend was so special to to all of us. And and the fact that he even was like 
hey, you do podcasting too? Uh, like, you're not just the podcaster's wife. Um, and I and he was like, I'm specifically going to come back and interview with you tomorrow. And so he did a, a half hour with us. And it was, it was nice to be able to be like, I'm not just the person in the background, like I got to be. Yeah. And it, it's funny. It's funny how it happened too, because, you know, uh, Austin and I were both shocked that Ming would take his time to to come hang out and record so immediately and then you know we should have expected it the next day when he came back to record with us but we were still just as just blown away by by how like ready he was to just come hang out and do stuff for honestly an experience that we thought we would have had to have paid for Mm -hmm. yeah and that's just you know his I think that's that's his personality, but I also think, you know, that's the reason that he's, you know, that he's had the success that he's had is because his attitude is the way that he, you know, he, he's very much like up for anything. He, you know, is just friendly with everybody, which is kind of how, you know, that that leads to more um, opportunities. So I think very much he's he's that he's that kind of guy who just he, he's just kind of down for whatever and it and it works out in his favor you know <laughs> but I, I i think he's just such a cool guy and um you know we booked him for twin cities con last year and he was um he was in town for something i, I live in uh minnesota so he was in town for something and then so we went to breakfast and he was like hey i gotta ask you something really serious He's like, I, you know, I, um, you know, I, I, I love Minneapolis so much. I love doing the con here, but, um, he had gotten, he had gotten the opportunity to go to a con and like overseas somewhere really cool. And he's like, you know, I won't go if you don't want me to, but, but it would be a cool opportunity. I'm like, dude, I don't, I'm like, dude, you got to take these cool opportunities. I'm like, right. You can go to Twin Cities Con next year. I don't care. And so, you know, like, like obviously, you know, like, like he was, he was just, so, he was just so stand up about it. Cause he could have just been like, Hey, I'm not coming. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to this other con. And that would have, honestly, I would have been fine with it. <laughs> even if he had, even if he hadn't asked me like that, I would have been fine with it. But it, it was just like, you know, that's just the kind of guy he is. And, um, you know, that, that he's somebody I always like seeing at cons, but, but even more, you know, like I, I just like seeing people that I know, seeing my friends, it's always like, a kind of like a um like a like a reunion of sorts every time you're at the con and you see people that you only see a couple times a year sure and um it it's really cool and it's like a like a like you have like a con family when you do a lot of when you do a lot of shows you have like a con family it's like renaissance and, fairs and- for me <laughs> What's that? That's like Renaissance fairs for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's exactly the same. Yeah. And um, so, so you know, you know exactly. But it's it's him. You know, Ming's one of those people that, that I see, all, you know, all over the place. And and um, you know, I, I, I'm always happy to see Ming. But you know, then there's um, you know, so a lot of the exhibitors who I only see every once in a while. Uh, you know, other guests that we book that I that I really like to. Um, you know, that I really like to see. We book Phil Lamar a lot. He's he's amazing. Um, I think, oh, we got Monica Rial at Twin Cities Con <gasps> oh, this year. Monica so is the coolest person. We uh I only met her earlier this year when we did uh Alaska Comic Con and we we I run the con in Fairbanks and we booked Monica and uh some other people. She's a and sweetheart. We, she's so cool. And we went out and and you know, we went to the um, we went to a uh, hot spring. We went to, we saw the Northern Lights. It was so cool. But, but she was just like the absolute coolest person. And, and I've seen her a few more times this year since then. And and it's always great. Like she's one of those people that I was like, we hung out at you know in Alaska, and I was like, okay, we're gonna like be like friends forever. You know, whenever we see <laughs> each other at con. And and it's like people like that and building relationships. And that you know that's what I that's what I love about the cons. Um, and and you know who knows? There's probably some guests that we're booking for Twin Cities Con this year that will end up. You know, I'll end up. Uh, you know, getting to know them a little bit better, or or being like, wow, this person's really cool. I'm glad I met them. You know. So I um, I talked to my wife before, and she knows who Phil Lamar is, but um, I don't think she quite understood 
my uh, fascination with Phil because uh, of all his voice work, specifically um, Metal Gear Solid. Mm. Um, he did solid work in that. I and it, it's weird to see. Like I, I think Phil is so versatile that he that he shows such a range that it's hard to be like, oh, that's him. Um, but uh, what I wanted to ask you was, what was one of your favorite experiences doing cons, or um, what's something that you're really, really looking forward to as far as? Uh, future plans towards that oh man um my favorite experiences uh yeah i uh i used to run so i used to run awesome con in dc and um in 2017 we booked stan lee and (gasps) we did the special event like breakfast with stan and it was like oh oh, man it was like i think we sold you know maybe one or two hundred tickets to it it was it was pretty expensive, but it was like you got to be in this kind of really close environment with Stan and it was like a catered breakfast and everybody got to get like a, uh, you know, a, like a quick selfie with Stan and they did a Q&A and like it was such a cool Q&A because there were so few people there that like pretty much anybody who wanted to ask a question got to ask their question. And if you if you had ever been to like one of like his big Q and A panels, it's like you know five thousand people show up and you have to be one you know you have to get in line in the first like ten seconds or you're not going to get your question asked you know right. So that that was really special and it and it, he um you know he had he he was uh you know as Dan was a bit older and he is also very I think he's just very kind of media trained he was just always it didn't really matter what question you asked him. He was always going to kind of answer his own question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, like he's just, you know, he would, he would kind of, he probably realistically, he probably had about, you know, 10 or 15 answers and he was going to turn your question into one of those answers. Right. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I just hear on top. I I think, I think that's kind of how it worked. I, 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 that's just my assumption. I, I, you know, but he had, uh, he told this really cool anecdote that I'd never heard before. I'd never heard anybody. I'd never seen it written anywhere. And he was just talking about why he thought that, um, he, why he thought that Steve Ditko had left Spider-Man, the comic book and, and about where their disagreements came from. And, um, it was just such a cool story that I had never heard before, not from him, at least I, you know, I'd heard other people speculating about, about Ditko and I know he was, you know, he's an unusual dude, but, um, but, but it was really interesting to kind of hear a story that I'd never heard before. I never, I, I didn't expect that, um, you know, Stan had probably done a million conventions and, and a billion interviews and having to heard heard something new like that, that that was a really special thing mm. to be in like those kind of really close quarters and um, and kind of get to do something like that. And then and the fans there, everybody felt like they got their money's worth. I don't remember. It was like three or four hundred dollars. Everybody was happy sure. with that. That was a that was a killer, a killer time. That's one of the cool things. You know, I mean, every year there's something really cool. And then there's like a ton of cool stuff that I don't even get to pay attention to because I'm busy working. we'll pay attention to it for you (laughs) what's something that you're looking forward to over the next year in your in your cons so i'm i'm i mean i I, personally the biggest thing for me is um i I can't wait to see what the reaction to david uh david mccormick the voice of bandit i i I can't wait to see what his reaction is i can't wait to see everybody just losing their mind um you know this this guest list is really special uh, for Twin Cities Con in a lot of ways. This is a um this is a kind of guest list that hasn't been put together before, I don't think. Um, you know, there's uh it's it's in a lot of ways similar to the celebrity guest lists at a lot of other cons. It's a lot of people who go to other cons, but the way it's put together from the top down uh and from you know the different groups that are represented of of you know kind of 
actors from different shows. I don't think that that something that kind of hits on all these levels has really been done too many times before. Uh, so I, I'm, I think people are going to have a really positive reaction to the celebrity guests who are coming out are, you know, and, and as well as our comic book creators, authors, writers, things like that. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm really excited to see how people react to, to David. He's such a big deal. And this show, I think somebody said there were like 8 billion minutes of Bluey had been streamed on Disney plus like in oh last month or something. God, it's the, it's the highest, it's the in most the past streamed, month? it's the most streamed show uh, by minutes because each episode is only eight minutes long, mm-hmm. but it's the most streamed show by minutes uh, on TV or on, on streaming, I believe. Yep. Or it's in the top two or three or something, but it's, it's That's such wild. a phenomenon. And, uh, you know, it's such a big deal. And that hasn't really been, I don't want to say exploited because that doesn't sound good, but it hasn't really been, you know, nobody's really taken advantage of that in the, in the U S at least. And you don't, you're not really seeing a ton of bluey merchandise. You're not really seeing, uh, you know, bluey, bluey everywhere. Uh, like you will in a few months, but it's just because the, those types of things take time when something blows up so organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, you know, this will be the first chance a lot of people have to, you know, interact with anything related to Bluey, uh, which, you know, in, in the past few months has meant so much to so many people. It's just such a big deal. And it's just getting bigger as more people jump on the bandwagon for it. So I'm very excited to see how people react uh to david he's i have a feeling he's just going to have a crazy long line the entire weekend (laughs) and he's not not going to have a lot of free time and he's going to be exhausted and and jet lagged (laughs) and just but having but also having the time of his life so that's kind of what i think so i have i have three children i have a seven-year-old a five-year-old and a three-year-old they are of the age where i i think that they would enjoy watching bluey I have watched every episode of Bluey. <laughs> I have never watched it with my children. Um, I just sit and watch it with my wife. Just um, <laughs> the weirdest fucking thing to admit, but we love it. Um, and I've heard other parents say this too, that like it watching Bluey and watching how Bandit especially interacts with um, Bluey and Bingo. Bingo. Um, helps them become better parents. And I would agree. And I, I, I hope that what David gets out of this is that like his character in that show, like I know that Pedro Pascal calls himself the internet slutty daddy. Yes. David McCormick is our actual dad. Like that's our real father. Um, and I hope that he understands how important that character is to, um, a lot of people like me that, we have kids that's that age. Um, and he through that character is helping us become better, more gentle parents. Yeah. As someone who, like I said, I've only seen a couple episodes because I feel like once I start watching it, I won't be able to stop. Um, my sister-in-law was the one that had me watch an episode and it was an episode specifically about being a first time mom. And, oh, that like tore my, my new, you know, I'm only yeah. my my baby is only eight months old, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I gonna have to watch this," but I have to. It's have, great, and it it's is. you know each minute, each episode's eight minutes long, so you can just kind of put it on in the background, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know. But the, I think um, you know David's character. It, it really you know Bandit really resonates as uh, and Chili also, but but uh, Bandit really resonates as he's kind of like the dad every dad wants to be mm-hmm. yep yeah you know he's he's such a good dad he's so supportive of his kids he's you know he's got these two girls who have like these crazy vivid imaginations and he just supports absolutely everything they do he buys in on all of it uh you know they're like <laughs> oh dad we're playing you know we're playing crocodiles now he's like oh I'm a crocodile they're like now we're playing airplanes he's like I'm an airplane you know, it's, it's, he doesn't, you know, he never questions them. He never, 
uh, talks down to them. He's always just so supportive. And it's like, you know, uh, like I'll see my own like failings as a parent where I'm like, man, I should have, you know, I I wish I had been more like this, you know? And um, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely like, like hits home with a lot of people, a lot of parents in that way. But I think also, I mean, kids must freaking love it. It's adorable. So I know we've talked a lot about Des Moines Con and then also Twin Cities Con, which is your next one. Um, gosh, now I, I I suddenly blanked on the dates. Why did I? Um, for Remember Twin Cities? Yeah. Yeah. So what are your next conventions after that? What what else do you have to get excited about? All right. So January, uh, the third weekend in January, we have Central Florida Comic Con. That's uh, that's one that I've been doing for a long time in Lakeland, Florida. That's going to be really cool. Uh, two weeks after that, the first weekend in February is Alaska Comic Con in Fairbanks, Alaska. That's probably the con I look forward to the most every year, as it's a semi-vacation, but it's also uh, it, it's just it's also just it's a very good show. It's super fun. The vibe, the fans, everything is so perfect. We um, we book guests that are way too big to be at a an <laughs> arena in at, at a hockey arena in Fairbanks, Alaska, <laughs> but they love going to Alaska. Uh, then in early March, we've got an awesome con in Washington, D.C. Uh, that's, you know, if you want to meet like really, really superstar, huge celebrities, that's the one to go to. Um, then in uh, May 31st through June 2nd, Des Moines Con again. Um, I have a booth in San Diego, Comic Con in July. Ooh. Uh, maybe sometime in July, in, July or August, I'll be running an anime con in Orlando. I don't know. I'm still trying to find a, a venue. And then, um, September 13th through 15th of next year, we've got Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it's going to be called Madison Comic and Pop Culture Expo. Awesome. Um, I actually wanted to switch it up a little bit and uh, kind of steer away from con. But I had to ask you, who is your favorite Marvel character, your favorite DC character, and if you had a favorite issue of either, what would that be? A favorite issue? Yes. Oh wow. Okay, so that's really hard. Um, my like <laughs> my favorites lists of things like just change all the time. But uh, like like I, I don't know. Like I could make a top ten list every day and it'd be totally different. Sure. Um, I I really loved you know um. Spider-Man, I love, I mean, I love Spider-Man. It's so easy to love Spider-Man, but I love Spider-Man. Uh, Daredevil was uh, a Marvel character that I always really loved. Um, and and that was one of the characters that really got me into, like, just really uh, appreciating comic book writing, comic book art, uh, more than just, you know, kind of following along with the story, but really getting into the story. Um, on the DC side, um, Batman, Green Arrow, uh, always huge Green Arrow fan. Um, I uh, I think the, one of the first things I ever bought on eBay was like tracking down issues of Mike Grell's Green Arrow series. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, a solid you know, one. Twenty plus years ago, tracking down the issues that I to to so I could read the entire thing. Uh, and so, like that was uh, you know uh, always a huge fan of, of Green Arrow. And then in Batman, it was just always my number one, um, you know, going even before I was into comics, I loved the Batman the animated series. I loved the Batman movie. Even before that, I loved uh, Batman, uh, the live action TV show with Adam West, which I probably was watching. from the day. <laughs> yep. I, was, I was probably watching that from the day I was born. <laughs> and I was just, you know, I, I just loved every second of every episode of that. I thought it was the coolest thing. And then that led me to, you know, the animated series, which is probably my favorite thing ever. So, uh, so, but, so I, I would have to say my favorite issue of something, um, uh, the, uh, the Batman animated series comic books, which was like, you know, Batman, the animated series, Batman and Robin, or Batman adventures, the adventures of Batman and Robin, um, Batman Gotham adventures, uh, those comics were my absolute favorite. Um, they they were all self-contained single issues. They never had to be continued, and they were all really good. And there's some of those um, 
that I believe that run ended in you know the early 2000s. I'm sure they've come back, come out with new ones since then. But but that originally run uh, that ended in those last few issues that were written by Ty Templeton um, were absolutely amazing, and uh, those are probably my favorite single issue comics. Um, I, I don't know that I could pick one, but I just remember that whole run being like every month was like banger after banger, knowing that it was going to get canceled soon. And it was still just like, they were still just, he was just get to the core of what Batman is. And in a, in a way that, you know, they were selling these in, in supermarkets for kids to read. And I'm like, you guys don't realize like, like nobody else in the comic shop realized. I was like, these are like the best comics out. <laughs> so that, that's my favorites. So mine have been uh Spider-Man. Uh, I've always loved Spider-Man since I was a little kid. Uh, he's, probably the most relatable the funniest um so he'd be my favorite marvel my uh favorite dc it would be red hood and um i just i I like how they transformed what what ended up being a fan vote to kill off a character and uh, essentially turned his origin story uh, so heavily tied in with Joker. Um, my favorite issue was the it, I believe it was a three run, um, set where it was uh, Craven going after Spider Man, and by the end of that run, uh, Spider Man and Craven w- essentially were fighting to the death. And then Calypso came into the fold, and by the end of it, Craven killed Calypso. And it, it, it for a kid that was I don't know maybe eight nine to see something just so graphic uh, mm-hmm. at that time for me was something that kind of sold me on the whole uh, comics being a an art form that just really kind of stuck with me. Yeah. I do recommend, uh, if you ever get the chance to check out, uh, a series from image comics called kill or be killed by, uh, Ed Brubaker. Uh, that was one I recently got into, uh, but it's a wild ride. Yeah. I, I think everything that, and I'm, I'm a bit behind on comics. I haven't read it comics regularly and uh, way too long but the um i don't think i've ever read anything by ed that wasn't like amazing we're getting to the end of our time ben and i wanted to give some love to the exhibitors uh one of the one of the more fun things that we did as the ice cream sunday podcast is we took one of our shirts that we had printed uh specifically for des moines con and we walked around the convention floor And we had artists either take a Sharpie marker and draw a little picture on that T-shirt or autograph it. And kind of our way of of just saying thank you for sharing this weekend uh, with with us. So I want to give love to the exhibitors. Um, Is there anything with you doing conventions as an exhibitor where you leave your booth and you go and you purchase things from other exhibitors is there a print or a independent comic book or uh, a novel or something that you've purchased from an exhibitor over the years that's that's one of the more more special ones to you is there anything that sticks out oh man i there must be like hundreds of things i can't think of anything (laughs) right now like like there's so many things you know and my i will say my favorite part of every convention any convention uh, that I run or not is like, there's always going to be like some artist that I've never heard of before. Who's just like amazing. And this is every, every convention. <laughs> These are some artists I've never heard of before who is just absolutely amazing. And it's like, so cool to kind of like discover them and be like, wow, this is, you know, this is something totally new to me. And, uh, you know, you're blowing my mind with the way you look at things. That's, that's always been, um, that's kind of my, you know, my favorite thing about conventions really is, is that is, is meeting those new artists and stuff. So I've probably 
bought so many cool pieces of artwork. I just moved, so I haven't put any artwork up in my office yet. Otherwise, I'd just be like surrounded by art right now. But uh, you know, there there's so many cool artists. I, I couldn't. I, I probably couldn't just pick one or anything like that. But there's, you know, I have so much cool art that I um, that I've just collected over the years. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things too. I feel like we always come home with at least three to five new pieces of art from each convention just because we find something that's unique or fits our style or is some sort of inside joke planet yeah. comic-con was pretty big for us yeah that was pretty cool we um so the first um piece of art i ever got for trevor for relating to the first movie we watched together um there was only one piece of art that i could find that was made for that um and it's from Herofied. And I happened to meet that artist when we went to Planet Comic Con this past year together. Um, we walked up to the stand and I was like, hey, that's that piece of art. And so then we got to hear the story about how that was made. And that got to happen because of a convention. And I, I always think that those are, it, it's amazing. And it floors me to, to get to hear some of those exciting stories from, yeah. from people. So. Ben, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to chat with our our podcast, The Little Dum Dum Stories. We really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem, man. It was awesome. If uh, people want to, you know, um, keep an eye on what you're doing, what you and your team are doing with conventions, what's the the best ways to best place to find you? Uh, so, um, you can just search my name personally if you want to follow me, but I'm not, you know. I just tweet about like wrestling and shit. Fuck um, yeah, you do. <laughs> oh my god, oh, you and buddy. I are gonna have to have like a a yeah. long, lengthy conversation when we're in Minneapolis together about yeah. pro wrestling. Um, so all I talk about is wrestling. Um, but uh, no, like uh, you just just search for the con and like you know whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, we're trying to get TikToks up for everybody and awesome. uh, for all the all the cons. But just search the name, you know, like at Twin Cities Con, at Des Moines Con. Um, you know, if you're going to go to the Madison thing, I think it's at Madison Comic Expo is going to be our, our our username for that. Um, we should have a logo and big announcements on the Madison show in the next few weeks. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just kind of search out each con. We don't really have, like, one sort of uh, overarching thing because – our cons are spread out over so many different areas that we don't really advertise them together. Are you, so you li- you said you live in Minnesota. Do you live in the Minneapolis area? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I used, I lived in Minneapolis until about a month ago. I just moved to Bloomington. Mm. So I have a, and you probably already, maybe already know them. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of the independent wrestling circuit, but in Minneapolis, I have a very good friend of mine. Uh, his wrestling name is Eric Cannon. And he runs a wrestling promotion called First Wrestling. Oh, yeah. I, I know Eric. They yeah. are fantastic. Uh, everyone listening to this podcast, if you're in the Minnesota area or want to take a drive up, um, buy tickets to First Wrestling. They sell out and within like an hour and a half every time they do a show. But if you're lucky enough to get a ticket, First Wrestling's the, the best bang for your buck. So, it's ridiculous how fast they sell out. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so stupid. They so they they do shows at the the legendary first uh first avenue venue, music venue, and uh to as an homage to W WCW Nitro's first episode, um they do a show every year at Mall of America now. So oh. um yeah, they're doing incredible things and uh God, independent wrestling is the best thing in the world. I could, I could go on for another hour just talking about <laughs> indie wrestling, but of course yeah, you could. We you... Do, we'll do that's another podcast. We'll talk about that later. Oh, uh, dude, I I I cannot wait. I didn't get a chance to really sit down and like talk to you and meet you in person. Um, I talked to like more of Katie just because I recognized her and her her blue hair at Des Moines Con. <laughs> um, but when I when we see you in in Minneapolis, we'll have to sit down and and talk shop for a while. Oh, especially since you were a wrestler, you I mean you just yes, know. yes, yeah, you just know all so. the good things. Yeah, and I'm going to the Mall of America show in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. dude, it should be a blast. Yeah, and so that's gonna be really fun. Oh, so exciting! So the first time I ever went to the Mall of America, I, I like, I um, I searched for the exact spot where they filmed Nitro, and I like was like, there's like a few areas that had like those escalators. Yeah, and then I found the right one, and I was like, this is it! Whoa, this is where, they <laughs> <the Nitro." laughs> this is where Hulk Hogan's fucking spaghetti mania restaurant had to have been. <laughs> 
so that, that's how big of a nerd I am. So uh, were you born in the Midwest? This is going to be my quick like. No, I'm originally I'm originally from Maryland, and then I oh. uh, I moved to Florida in 2014, and then I just moved up here last year. Oh, so as a as a new Midwesterner, then um, I don't know about you guys of when your state fair is. We just had our state fair not too long ago. I was it, there. I went. I went. Uh, uh, what a week? I went on the last day. Oh, of our state fair in in Des Moines. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. Psh- Okay, well, then this can be applicable to our state fair or your state fair. What What's your favorite go-to fair food? So I haven't had a chance to try a whole lot of fair food. So I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting. Ooh. I'm going to work. Uh, what? Thursday, I'm going to the state fair here. So I'll, I'll report back after that. So far, yeah. um, you know, I, I I didn't eat a ton at the at the fair in, in uh, Iowa. I just it was hot as crab oh and, yeah you know, that so far i mean like cookies the state fair cookies man uh, I'm, I'm such a i'm such a like i'm just i, I just love cookies and so <laughs> they, they really hit the spot and then like i you know that's that's just me like i just love cookies i'm i have a very big cookie weakness uh, um you're talking to the so, right person because my wife yeah. works for so I have to I have to compare I have to compare the um <laughs> the the Iowa and Minnesota State Fair you, cookies and I can report know, back. Uh, I, you know, but I you know I love cheese curds. Um, oh, I got a pork cutlet solid. on a stick. I felt like that was a very oh, Iowa thing to do. Very Iowa thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, there were a few other things I wanted to try, but it was literally like ninety five degrees. And oh. I just, and it's, but the idea of eating fried foods in that moment was just like <laughs> not good. No, it's I like, had catfish. You did have catfish. I forgot. It about was that. delicious. I did try that. What won the f- the best foods? But yeah, I uh, I just I just thought I'd be curious about hearing your answer yeah. for that. But um, yeah, anything anything else you two want to? No, on? I can think of again, Ben. Thank you so much. Um, Again, for, for having us at your conventions and obviously tonight sitting down and, and chatting with us. Uh, this has been great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Uh, you know, Let me know when you want to talk wrestling. I'll, I'll jump back on. I'm going to find you on Facebook and we're going to talk wrestling all day. So. Yeah. <laughs>